Good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to the Advancing Learning Cafe session. Uh, I'm Will Rickson. Um, uh, I'm the Teacher Training Manager at Macmillan Education. Uh, I'm here today to give you one of our uh, fantastic, chill, relaxing, informal, quick, snappy, Advancing Learning Cafe sessions. Uh, so today we're going to be looking at um, uh, inclusion. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to go straight into it and just so you know this session is I'm not delving deep into tips I'm just going to give you quite a large not a large but quite a few tips so you might want to come back and re-listen to this at some point um, if you don't catch everything um, so I'm going to start off with a question you can't answer it I can't take any responses but I'm going to ask you a question just to consider uh, when you started back this year uh, when you went back to school in August September October that sort of time um, how many students do you think were were left behind? How many students do you think did not manage to do a lot of their work in the previous term or didn't manage to catch up over summer, depending, you know, whatever the situation was? What percentage do you think of students in your classes were not at the level where they might have been had lockdown not happened? I can't take your responses. That's just something to think about. But we did, we did ask this question to uh, the community a few months ago. And the responses are quite wide. Some people said about 20%, some people said 80%. Um, a lot of people sort of were kind of just in the middle of that, basically. Sometimes people thought, no, they managed to do it. And a lot of people, and some people said, to be honest, most of them were kind of behind. So it was actually kind of made it a bit easier, perhaps. But I think whether you're at 20% or whether you're at the 80% of the amount of students who, who you felt were left behind in terms of their knowledge and skills up to that point, I think they both sort of they both offer this, you know, an equal amount of challenge to the teacher. Um, so what I'm going to do today is go over a few things that you can do uh, in class to help bring students up to date, differentiate those lower level students to the higher level students, uh, and help bring them all onto the same boat so you can power forward through the rest of the academic year. So the reasons for being left behind. It could be anything this year, it really could be anything this year, um, but we're looking at things like, you know, they don't have a device uh, at home, they haven't got an internet connection, they've got a poor internet connection, they lack motivation, uh, maybe their personality just doesn't really work with uh, learning at home on their own, off their own back, off their own steam. Uh, it might be environmental problems, so they might be, uh, you know, in a family that's uh, in, a, in a house that doesn't allow them their own sort of quiet space to work or their own loud space to work but they might be in like a room with other people. So environmental differences and distractions as well. So there could be all sorts of reasons why students may not have caught up. Uh, and I'm sure for, for a lot of it, it's not, it's genuinely not their fault, especially this year, not their fault. But uh, part of the teacher's job is to help them catch up and not be left behind um, for as long as possible, for as short as possible. So now I'm gonna start. This is, as I said, this is gonna be quite quick, quick fire, different things that you can do in class. Uh, so firstly, collaboration and cooperative learning, collaborative and cooperative learning. So encouraging them to work together, uh, have them work in pairs or small groups. Um, of course, when you're face to face, um, think about social distancing as well. But allowing them to work together is one way of, um, of helping them out in that respect. Scaffold the learning. So make sure you tier the learning for them and make sure it gets to them in, in a good staging process to make sure that everyone can access it. So, for example, making a text more accessible, um, you could ask them to predict ideas before getting to 
uh, review the text several times afterwards with a number of exercises. Just really go deeply into a text or into a video or a listening text uh, and make sure they can really dig their nails into that to that and really, really sort of interact with it as much as possible. Secondly, visual support. So whenever you're giving them new information, new language, new skills, new advice of any kind, make sure that you're always putting something visual on the screen for them as well. A lot of students, certainly in my experience, a lot of students benefit from seeing things up on a screen as well as being told them uh, vocally. Vocabulary reinforcement. So uh, it's no news to anybody, uh, but the more we play with new language and the more exposure we have to it, the better chance we have of that language going from our short-term memory into our medium to long-term memory and actually start implementing that in our fluent speech. Uh, so vocabulary reinforcement, really, really important. Uh, for younger learners or teen learners or adult learners, depending on you, depending on your students, uh, you might also want to look at uh, being more active and uh, sort of dramatic in your classes. So use gesture, use drama to act out some language that you're doing. Make sure that they, they're utilizing those kinesthetic skills for them to uh, get used to um, that, that particular piece of language. Also, so communicative language practice, helping them practice authentic conversations will help them uh, interact with people using the language. Obviously, the more of that they can do, the better. This will help to reinforce key concepts uh, also in a way that is accessible to everybody. We've got project work as well. So work cooperatively together. So you can put them into groups and have them create a video or a display or a magazine or a, a poster or something like that. Get them all working together. Give them all a particular role based on their skill set, based on the knowledge that they've got um, so that each of them has a role to play and each of them can build momentum during that project and uh, still develop their own language. Uh, one final point I want to move on before I'm moving on to a slightly different section is learner autonomy, learning to learn. So two very specific things I want to give you here, uh, is, which is really important for differentiating students, is self-evaluation. So ask them to reflect on their own learning at uh, the end of each unit, the end of each lesson, end of the week, end of the year, end of the millennium, end of everything. Uh, get them to evaluate what they're doing. Obviously not all of those times, maybe you want to just pick a few of those. Uh, get them to create, so this is one way to do it with young learners. You could get them to get a picture of some traffic lights, um, and then for younger learners, ask them to color it in, personalize those traffic lights, decorate them. And then at the end of the lesson, students create I can sentences based on the lesson. So you've got your picture, you've got your traffic lights, and then you've got your I can statements based on the lesson, for example, um, I can remember animal actions, I can sing this song, uh, I can talk about past experiences using uh, present perfect, for example. Um, and then once they've got their red, their amber and green light, they have a conversation in pairs or in groups and they touch the light on each of those I can sentences based on how confident they feel with that thing that was covered in class. Uh, you can do that in pairs or in groups, but just a really nice way of um, engaging them with what they've done in the lesson and also how they feel about what they've covered. Um, so give them structures to ask questions is another thing to do. Uh, with, with students that are sort of falling behind, it can be quite difficult not only to actually pluck up the courage to say, I don't understand. I think adults, a lot of adults have problems with that. Children also have that problem saying, I don't understand, can you explain that again? But these students have also got the added uh, complication 
of not maybe knowing how to ask those things or say those things to the teacher. So create that environment by giving them the, the structures to those questions before the lesson begins properly. Put them up on the board, maybe keep them up on, up on the wall, something a bit more permanent to make sure that they know how to say, how do you spell this? How do you spell this word? Can you repeat the instruction, please? I don't understand. Um, can I use this structure here, for example? Give them those structures for the sentences so they can start asking you if they have any problems. So I'm gonna move on to uh, some things that are slightly more geared towards teenagers and adults. Um, one particular rule uh, that I would suggest to take away from this is to set goals for the students. So set a goal for every lesson, every week, every unit, um, every level, every year, every millennium. Uh, set goals. So what I'm going to suggest is you set goals for three different things per student. Maybe not you do it individually with them, but you ask them to do it or somehow come up with these goals with them. Firstly is to create goals for the core work of the course. Those are the things that must be covered. Goals for the core work of the course. Secondly is remedial work. So this remedial work is extra work for the students to keep progressing. So this is probably more geared towards the students that have managed to keep up with their work, but you want to keep them motivated, you want to keep them progressing. So come up with goals for them, more remedial work to progress their language. Thirdly is extra work. So you've got core work, remedial work, and thirdly is extra work. So for weaker students to get to that level. This is uh, activities, worksheets, uh, language practice uh, exercises to help them catch up with where they are meant to be at that point in the, in the course. I'm going to touch on classroom management really quickly. I know this is a lot of information, but feel free to come back and watch this again later. So a few small tips for classroom management when you're trying to uh, bridge that gap between the higher and lower students. Firstly, you can ask weaker students to come to the front of the class. Um, we want to make sure that students are doing the work, of course. Um, but for me, it's more important to be able to see what they're doing. So if you've got the weaker students towards the front, when you're walking around and you're monitoring, this is if you have your class set up in this way, when you're monitoring, you're able actually to see what they're doing. Uh, and it's easier to do this when they're at the front and you can actually physically go around, look at their work and sort of approach them. It's a bit easier when they're at the front of the class. Secondly, so as well as putting the students at the front, make sure you intervene during pair work to prompt the weaker students. So when they're doing, uh, they're having a conversation, you might see one higher level student, excuse me, one high level student um, doing a lot of the talking. I mean, I, I experienced that probably about a million times while, um, while I teach. Um, but I go to them and I make sure I find ways to get that weaker student to interact with the other student by giving them ideas, correcting their mistakes, depending on the students, um, uh, to help motivate them to do more. Uh, another thing you can do is if one student is speaking too much, then you can say, what does your partner think about that that you're saying? And they go, maybe, I don't know. And you can say, well, ask them, what, what do they think? What do you think about this? And you actually encourage the high level student to try to integrate the other student into the conversation. So it is a conversation more than uh, a monologue. Um, okay, just two quick tips before we go. I know I've one minute over, but if you're teaching online, um, one really important thing is to make sure you ask your students to keep the camera on, make contact with them and say, if you want to participate, you need to keep the camera on throughout the lesson. Um, just to make sure that they know that you're there, you've made that interaction. I said this a few weeks ago in another cafe, 
but you look at them, you interact and you say, hi, great to see you. Keep your camera on if you want to participate. Um, it would be really great to see you throughout the lesson. Okay, that's it from me. Uh, the next session is going to be on Thursday, the 26th of November at 3 p.m. Um, the uh, Below you can see right now, I've uh, linked you to a couple of places where I've taken some of these tips. So go and have a look, go to the events page on macmillanenglish.com. And also we've got a Bridging the Gap page dedicated to exactly this, this area. So click on the link just below here and you can find all sorts of other stuff there to help you with that. One more thing I want to tell you about before you go is next Thursday, the 19th of November, we have our academic program, which is beginning at 2 p.m. We've got an opening plenary. We've got me, the wonderful Will Rickson. We've got the wonderful, awesome Dave Spencer. We've got Cheer Suan Chong. Uh, we're, we're all there to start opening up our brand new academic program, season three. So be there, and I very much look forward to seeing you. Bye-bye.